Trigger on. Welcome, D-Rock, to the Duck Face Diaries. We are a World Trigger Reaper podcast aiming to discuss the World Trigger manga volume by volume. I'm Wednesday Dale Cheddar. And I'm Hoven with an H, and this week we'll be tackling volume 6, which covers chapters 44 to 52, and episodes 22 to 25 of the anime for those watching along. So, Wednesdaydale, I don't know if you've heard, but there's been a bit of an announcement regarding World Trigger recently. Um, see... There's a, uh, there's a brand new spin-off manga that's been announced, uh, focusing on the members of Aftokrator. Um, and you'll never guess who is right, who is who's the mangaka for it. I have no idea. Uh, please do tell me. Uh, I, I really don't know what he's doing right now. It's, uh, it's the aficionado of the scantily clad that we all know and love, Hiro Mashima. But he did it on the grounds that he was able to, to choose the title, so get yourself hyped. Thought Meden Zero. <laughs> I, I, I think I feel like the contrast in outfit in character design between um the the original World Trigger Aftokrator ones and his it would be like the difference between uh Paddy Jenkins Paddy Jenkins Amazonians in Wonder Woman and Zack Snyder's Amazonians in Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I, I I guess there's enough common ground there. Uh, I mean, b- <laughs> both things are in space, and. They both have evil cats, I suppose. <laughs> anyway, h- how are you doing? Okay, I guess. I'm just currently getting to grips with Audition and uh, Adobe Premiere, having finally got some new uh, new video ed- editing and audio editing tech for my computer. So yeah, that's all. That's all fun. Um, nice. Looking forward to get- getting into this volume. Yeah, we are starting volume 6, uh, so we are starting the big invasion, so uh, so once again, if you haven't yet, then tell a friend ab- about the podcast and uh, come along and join us on our read-through. So today's agenda will be a quick recap of volume 6. So volume 6 uh, was created by Daisuke Ashihara, translated by Lillian Olsen, letters by A.E. Chrisman, designed by Sam Ellsway, and edited by Hope Donovan. Then we will move on to our general thoughts, along with our random observations, then move on to Ashihara Comments Corner, a Spoiler Corner, and uh, our Q&A section. Let's start with the summary. So, Trion soldiers arrive, and Mikumo has his class evacuate. Uh, he assigns Chika and Natsume to help the evacuation, and Yuma gives Chika a little mini replica to guide her. Back at Border HQ, Sawamura and Shinoda note that the Trion soldiers are splitting their forces and divides the squads accordingly, except for Jin and Amo, who are left to dispatch a whole area each. Uh, they they launch some traps which hold off the soldiers long enough for Suwa, Suzunari, and Azuma squads to arrive on the scene. Yuma warns Osamu that this enemy probably thinks they have a sure chance of success due to them already knowing Border's numbers from the rads but going through with it regardless. A mysterious new bipedal soldier emerges from the Ilgar corpse and overwhelms Azuma squad, showing off immense physical strength, the ability to deflect ibis bullets, and a chest cavity to capture its prey. Azuma shoots Koarai, forcing a bailout before it can, he can be captured though. Uh, Replica identifies it as a new capture type soldier designed specifically for trigger users known as a rabbit. Uh, the sewer squad are similarly overwhelmed and sewer is taken hostage by one. Uh, luckily, Kazuma squad arrive on the scene to assist them. So, Hisato resists withdrawing, but Kazuma and Utagawa insist that he withdraw and go after the Trion soldiers. Uh, meanwhile, back at the base, we get a bit of a back and forth going, with Netsuki pushing for more men and Shinoda uh, asking to prioritize rescuing captured team members. And there's a bit of a grilling from Kido and the other board members, where Shinoda cites regrouping squads and avoiding more rabbits being spawned as his reasons for doing this. He suggests that they hold off until the A-rank agents regroup and have the B-squads fight off the Ilgars and focus on one area at a time. Uh, He wants to prioritise the areas where the evacuations aren't complete and states that he will go himself if the A-ranks can't take out the rabbits. Meanwhile, Kazuma Squad are struggling to make a dent in their target, deducing that it might have some sort of radar in its ears, although uh, wouldn't that be sonar? Uh, he suggests that they focus on where the armor is the thinnest in the meantime. It's cut to an ominous council of shadowy human neighbors, co- commenting on the invasion's success, referring to Earth as Meden. Their leader, named Captain Hyrain, holds off on any of them entering the battle due to them having plenty of eggs. I, I guess they want to. He wants to make a scramby before they attack or something. <laughs> uh, 
We see more of their personalities. Enadora is an arrogant individual with a superiority complex, and he butts heads with a swishy head lad. Uh, an elderly neighbour is pretty above all this infighting, and another member of the team is the captain's brother. Their apparent operator, Mira, oh, sorry, I mean Moira, <laughs> announces that they are proceeding to the next stage. Hoity, 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 hoity. Uh, Osamu is almost squashed by a rabbit, but is, uh, Yuma saves him with his black trigger, throwing caution to the wind as he views the level of danger to be appropriate to pull this one out. Uh, this immediately prompts firing on Yuma from Shano's squad, who sees him as the enemy, but they're quickly attacked by another rabbit. Luckily, Arashiyama squad arrived to save them and clear up the misunderstanding. Just then, a couple of Ilgars fly by and bomb the HQ. Uh, the reinforced walls take the blast, but three more of them are closing in. Luckily, Tachikawa swoops in and takes two of them out, saving the building from sustaining any critical damage. From the incidental comment made about he makes out the Ilgars, Kitora realises that it was Yuma who saved her during the earlier attack. Uh, Kido only permits Osamu to go and protect Chika when he requests it, since Yuma's black trigger is a valuable asset against the neighbours, and would also create further misunderstandings from the citizens and agents. Kitora offers to accompany Osamu instead, uh, having realised she owes them one. As Shinoda theorises their motives, Hyrain reveals to his subordinates that the motivation of the bombing attack was in fact a confused border of their motives. Uh, so cutting over to the C-rank agents, where Chika and Izuho keep working to evacuate the civilians, while the new idiot trio see the uh, this crisis as an opportunity to become famous and advance. We get introduced to Koma Rakami, the number four attacker, aiming to take on a rabbit by himself, while his teammates from Kuruma Squad meet up with the other B-rank agents. Meanwhile, we see Kazama Squad have defeated theirs and extract the captured sewer, who has been condensed into the form of a trying cube. In the northwest, we see the S-rank agent Armo has demolished the entire area, referring to weak enemies as having boring colours. Jin asks him to take over his area as well, so he can assist in the city, and Armo unwittingly obliges. Introducing themselves to Kitora, Replica notes that the huge amount of Trine soldiers in Afrokrator... Aftokrator's attack force uh, doesn't make sense since the Trine expenditure for rabbits alone would leave the country vulnerable. Kitora argues that, uh, yeah, they want to kidnap B-ranks, which is why Shinoda told them to huddle up. But Replica says that after... Uh, Aftokrator knows about bailout, uh, why, so why would they overlook this? They spied on them with rads after all. He also calls into question why they'd bomb the base if they know the risk of creating more black triggers via sacrifice. Strategy talk is however interrupted as a rabbit emerges near Chika, so Osama and Kitora have to come to their rescue. Something on the rabbit with her scorpion leg, Kitora proclaims to intend to take care of it herself and leaves Osama to take care of the accompanying marmot, uh, eager to see his improvements since he fought one at school. Uh, Osama recalls the time when he asked Shiori to program him a simulated marmot to fight and uh, she used the Marmots to write her Super Sentai fanfiction? Uh, I'm sorry, I've got to quote this. Crushing power and armor, Yashimaru gold, swift slashes sharp body, Yashimaru black, popular with the ladies, Yashimaru honey brown, intrigued by Yashimaru black but doesn't realize the siblings separated at birth, Yashimaru pink. Ah, oh, I love her, she's such a dork. This preparation allowed him to get used to the logical attack patterns and endure the blows, but it's only after scruffy encourages him uh, to imagine fighting back, in the flashback I mean, uh, that he's able to execute the, his counterattack and strike a blow from above just like Yuma did in chapters 3 and 4. Uh, in either chapter 3 or 4. So, yes, good boy, he's getting better thanks to everyone's help, yay! Kitora shoots at the rabbit while jumping in all directions from her spider web in an impressive display of acrobatics, but the Trine soldier blows the web away, flying away with its jetpacks. When it attacks civilians, Kitora loses her cool and lets herself be captured, uh, flashing back to her earlier mistakes with the Ilgar. But then she says, No, I am not like that anymore. I am an A-rank. I said I'd get the job done, so I will. 
and cuts her leg off for the second time in the series. Uh, Kitora can't stop cutting her legs off Jesus, and um, stabbing the rabbit in its face uh, before yoinking herself out of its way with Spider. But there's no time to celebrate as Aftokrator, Af yes, I got it right the first time, yay, uh, opens up a gate sending three more rabbits to kidnap all the gathered C-rank trainees. So, High Rain, Afpro... Aftorokrator, uh, commander. If you want to start that again, I have clarified that High Rain is the captain, so you don't need to say Aftokrator again. I wanna, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay, do it. Uh, High Rain, Aftorokrator's commander, uh, orders the humanoid neighbors to uh, occupy the A ranks to divert their attention from the rabbits. Kitora notices the rain shortly before getting cubified, where Chika freezes uh, after once again being told to run and hide while people around her disappear. Izuho is close to sharing Kitora's fate, but recalling Yuma's words, Chika musters up the courage to pick up her friend's rifle and releases a cannon blast, destroying the rabbit that Osama then finishes off. We close the volume with Osama informing HQ of the rabbit's goal, as Shinoda sends Border's most powerful squad to aid him. Scruffy Hotsey, Composed Beefcake, and Konami. Alright, let's get to the general thoughts. Yeah, this volume is a very good example of how to do faceless mooks without them feeling like filler, by just giving them a very clear-cut purpose that plays into the Puppet Master's goals. Um, I really liked how the Trion soldiers were utilised in this volume, uh, and how the flow of the battle unfolds so far. Mm, yeah, th uh, this is this is a really uh, this is a really great point on the rabbits. I thought this was a really tense volume overall, and each reread I love it more and more. So, we're currently experiencing two big all-out wars in One Piece and My Hero Academia, and for, for how much I like those series, this volume reminds me that, uh, although it's, it has certain faults, uh, uh, I still think that no one does this like Ashihara. He knows exactly when to be clinical, steering your interest with the strategy and the, the intrigue about the unusual nature of this invasion, and keeping track of who does what and, and where. But he also knows how to make those big emotional payoffs hit, like with Osamu's Chika's and Kitora's big scenes. It's also interesting, uh, so speaking of mooks, that uh, some of the emotional core of the story is B-rank characters that we haven't met before like Sasamori from Sewer Squad. Reading it for the first time, I must admit that the B-ranks mostly blended together for me. In hindsight, it might have not been such a good choice to put so much focus on them so early on, but when you get to know them, these moments really hit so well. Yeah, like, having seen more of certain members, particularly like Sewer Squad, um, in, in the future, minor spoilers for that, <laughs> they, there is more of them in the future, it is much easier to digest who they are and their place in the battle here. Um, I, not to... Uh, I'm slightly undercutting one of the points you made earlier, but I actually had a bit of a moment where it was kind of unclear if all of the B-rank squads were in the same location. Uh, luckily, Sawamura explained it. So I'll say, like... It is made clear where people are, but you do need to pay attention to the exposition okay. to be clear on that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess another slight issue I had with the art is initially, uh, and this was kind of, it kind of got better as it went. Like, initially I was sort of not sure about Chica's freakout, it seemed a bit cartoonish, but then when they returned to it with her, like, re it intensifying more with Isuho getting captured, I, it was like, okay. You're kind of setting up these emotions and then leaning them to them more in a later panel. So, it, it works. Right. I never got that, uh, like, uh, comedic touch until after the shot, uh, when she kind of realises uh, that I've, I've just demolished this fucking Trion soldier and collapses onto the ground. I guess comedic isn't necessarily the way I'd put it, but, like, initially, like, in the first panel where she's kind of panicking, uh, she's drawn in a very simplified sort of soft way. Whereas mm. when it gets, it cuts to the close-up with Izuku getting captured, you see more of the panic registered on her face, and it comes off a lot more serious. Oh, I see. But this, yeah, this volume is a huge step forward for both Osamu and Jiga. Mm, yeah, it's true. It's the first, like, full-on Trion soldier that they've managed to beat, and it's a big deal for them, but it still leaves them 
a long way to go because there's still, you know, there's there are still um, a, both agents and Aftocrator players that are well above their skill level to work towards. Yeah, Chica's and Chica still just forgets that. Oh, oh, you have to destroy the core to to destroy the Trion soldier, and yeah. Osama only remembers it afterwards. While, while obviously he wouldn't be able to defeat one himself. <laughs> yeah, as we've said previously, uh, just just to just to touch upon uh, upon all the B rank stuff. As we've said previously in the previous podcast, spreading the focus on so many individual soldiers and the collective tactical maneuvers makes the world feel so much more alive as it doesn't only revolve around Osama and for how much he and Chica advanced uh, during this volume I really like that so uh, overall I I think that Ashihara's approach has more advantages than drawbacks even if for sure it's it's not maybe very easy to draw readers in at first one detail that I found very interesting is the sporadic creation of black triggers in a pinch being a factor in uh, invasions. Yeah. Because this kind of essentially feels like Ashihara writing in a very clear plot reason why, even in high stakes arcs like this, the action can still has to be very calculated and careful, and it can't be too. Um, purely emotion-driven. One right, like replica points that uh, if you kill the enemy, uh, you risk creating a new black trigger. So, so it's kind of an in-universe excuse for not having a lot of death, uh, even in a battle-driven series, even in a serious high-stakes arc. So yeah, as you've said, I like that. Uh, this also establishes um, this volume also establishes the power ceiling nicely with S ranks able to cover two areas of the city individually. <laughs> While the rest of the agents are struggling with... Well, um, actually, Jin isn't technically an S-rank anymore, but no, I get what you mean. He's S-rank level. Oh, technically. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's also very interesting. Like, the two of them cover these huge two areas individually, uh, while the rest of the agents are struggling with the rabbits. And uh, it's also interesting that uh, Jin, like, without Fujin, alone without Fujin, is able to... Is able to take care of the West himself. So, so is is his technique really that strong without it? Yeah, and it makes you wonder, like, how much is Tachikawa? How how close is he to getting an S rank spot if he's very much on par with Jin? If you don't factor in the Fujin, I liked the 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 way that the tactical meetings are handled as an aside uh, to the battle. It, it very much centers the conflict on border and their point of view. And it's good to get the perspectives in the field, and also have the operation room where all of the all of the uh, directors are debating what the best approach is. I I like that. Uh, I like uh, Kazama Squad's uh, dynamic in this uh, re- regarding the interactions with Sewer Squad. So Kazama is just a very matter of fact. Uh, okay, if you're going to battle uh, with this rabbit, uh, you will die. Um, your death will be in vain. Uh, then Utagawa is just very kind and caring, uh, promising uh, that uh, oh no, that they will rescue Sewer Squad. You don't need to worry. And Kikuchihara is, is just a complete uh, root fucking bastard to, <laughs> to Sasamori. That's a dickhead. <laughs> the operator is a bit boring. Is uh, 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 she's kind of a just a clone of, uh, of Kazama? So okay, can't have everything. Yeah, I mean when you've got like a million mm. different operators in each squad, they can't all be winners. Um, uh, no, that came off wrong. When you've got a, a million different operators across the squads, rather. Kido strong-arming Yuma with the use of his black trigger is is a very interesting one and very much dodging the question when Yuma's like. If I hadn't used it, would you still let me be with Osamu? Um, I think he's the character that, because he has such a cold and um, guarded nature to him, he he can you can it allows the story to slowly drip feed moments of characterization yeah. to us as it goes along. So uh, speaking of the um, of the border HQ staff, I'm I'm really impressed by badass man making badass boasts in manga. But uh, she knows in that case, I'll go myself. Ah, oh, uh, that hits really hard. It shows that he has like a big commitment to keeping people safe, mm. and that that is what he's about. And he will take full responsibility, uh, which is cool. It's unclear if the Rads can merely act as beacons or outright summon portals. Uh, it seems like the latter when they're summoning a bunch of rabbits. I I think uh, I think a rabbit did that in in the in, in the fight against the Ilgar uh, with Kitora and Yuma. 
uh, I wasn't really too big on High Rain and Rambonine's designs from the Afra 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 bunch. I I know that the having like a uh, blue oni and red oni motif to them, but yeah, it doesn't really hair... come across in black and white, and they do yeah. have a very similar design. <laughs> yeah, I wish the hair was just a different shade of grey, or they had different shaped hair. I mean, gee, you know, geez, with my with my Eden Zero comment earlier, like maybe it was more appropriate for to get Ryogo Narita to to write the spin off and have it be after. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Mm, I like the moment uh, with Kitora realizing it was Yuma who who'd saved her. I, d I didn't think it would matter uh, at this point, but I guess it's a nice human moment for her, and he it gives her some context to her deciding to repay her debts and escort Osamu. I think, in a, on, a, on a more minor note, the three new idiots make for some great comedic asides. Uh, with, the whole, with, with one of them just saying in a really confident way, just like, "Oh, if we preserve our lives, that would be good for the that would be good for the squad." I'm like, "Oh, you're a genius! You're the best captain ever!" And they're like, he's just saying, "We should probably retreat, guys. It's not that. It's not that deep." <laughs> uh. Although the first time I read that scene, I thought they were Chano Squad, because it's like, okay, they're kind of antagonistic, and one of them has a hat. <laughs> I don't remember if that was from Border's briefing file or, or some other materials, but I think I recall someone mentioning that, that uh, Chano was trans. Uh, both? Both members? Oh, oh, Chano is a member of the squad, of course. What is, okay, is the Border briefing file like a data book? Or... Yeah, yeah, I think so. See, but maybe we can see if we can get our hands on that in a, in a later episode, <laughs> or or some kind of fan translation of it. Yeah, we should do an episode on it uh, one of these days. From the standout panels, I read like the chapter seven cover. It's it's a collage of reused images, but but it's very striking and and apparently. Yes, Ashi... I was going to mention this. Um... Apparently, Ashihara drew this while his hand was broken. So, yikes! Jeez, dude. <laughs> Uh, I also really love the, I think it's the lead-in to that one. It, it's one of the colour spread lead-ins where it's showing different scenes of progression, uh, of story progression among different, with like the chapter marker. Mm, yeah. Uh, and it also, it also shows Jin meeting Osamu for the first time as Zero, which is an interesting choice, but I guess so you can differentiate the panels. Um, I, I guess the, uh, there were some one-shots before, um, including like... Talented elite Jin. Okay, uh, another standout comedic panel. So when Osamu and Kitora arrive to s save the C ranks, uh, they say, uh, It's Kitora from Arashiyama Squad, and the glasses guy who got beat up by Midorikawa. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a nice little line. Uh, this one. Oh, yeah. Here's, my, here's another observation. If the rabbits turn people into cubes, does that mean uh, Viz translator Caleb Cook has been eaten by one? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he translated. Um... No well trigger at the time, but I, okay, general okay, general viz okay, translator for many series in Viz, Caleb. Uh, okay. Uh, also oh you're missing my he's C D cubed. Oh, oh, oh okay, C D cubed on Twitter. <laughs> uh, alright, alright. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. I I think you still have to explain it to the listeners, so I don't know why why you're blaming me. <sighs> Anywho, uh, I like the little moment of uh, when Izuko um, gets captured by the rabbits. She releases the evil kitty from Afro Afro uh, as she gets captured by the um, yeah as she gets captured by the rabbit. Uh, I also like the detail of uh, Kinuta fortifying HQ wall after Chika blows it up. I <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that as being a response to it, but yeah, that does make a lot of sense. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't have many other notes besides Osami is such a huge dork, please give her a Sentai series spin-off with her custom-built Marmots. <laughs> yes, yes, or at least a Nomake chapter, please, please, uh, Shiori is great. Shall we get to the Ashihara comments corner? Let's do it. The first one is I really like that Azuma Squad is basically just a dude in his 20s and a bunch of kids he's taken under his wing. <laughs> yeah, and apparently uh, Azuma is really a fucking old man but since he uh, likes fishing and camping, so it seems that uh, we were right on the nose with, with the old man <laughs> voice uh, last uh, uh, last <laughs> podcast. 
So, um, speaking of B-Ranks, like, uh, for, for how boisterous and cool they seem, Sewer Squads are really actually well-read, I, I believe is the twist. So, Sewer likes detective novels, uh, Daichi likes uh, historical novels, Sasamori likes manga, and Kosano likes foreign novels. They, they are truly nerd jobs. <laughs> Uh, I love I love the fact that Sue is is still a cube in his buyer. <laughs> uh, oh god! One of the regular polyhedrons, a solid surrounded on six sides by a square. I mean, we do get a little bit of not necessarily slap around, but Osamu jokes with Osamu breaking into a cold sweat is like ketchup on on omelet rice. Brackets. His glasses are the eggs. <laughs> it's a bit of an egg motif for this volume, really. Mm, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, although, uh, although, yeah, uh, just in reference to that uh, last volume, we we got the comment from I believe that uh, saw trying soldiers and eggs. So that's what uh, what's that a uh, reference to? Okudera and Koarai might have been from the same football team in school since they both like it and are both the same age. Apparently, Chano's squad are a media darling in, and in training to become the successors to Arashiyama. Yeah, that was an interesting touch. Uh, the, the the fact that. Even when he's got like a very successful thing going, Netsuki also has like uh, not necessarily repre replacements, but other wings of the PR, the PR squads in uh, like in development. So soldiers can die all the time in missions, so um, it's always good to have a plan B. Arashiyama is a dog person. Mm. It kind of seems obvious when you think about it, but but I um, I've never given it much thought. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Okay, the one that really surprised me is uh, Murakami's only 18? What? <laughs> he, the, I, I always assumed he was in, like, his, his early 20s. <laughs> hmm, okay, I... Um, I always assumed he was a teenager since, um, like, he, he was mentored by Arafune, and how old is Arafune? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he looks a lot like Grail Mine's old duck face. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true, that's true. Uh, okay, uh, so sometimes Ashihara just strangely draws attention to the fact that um, his cast's a bit of a sausage fest. Sometimes, uh, like in the mm. double, eight, double page spread poster, uh, there are no m women on the right side. Okay. Hmm. Well, may may maybe uh, it's actually a subliminal hint, because you'll also notice that the Conserver Squad members are only on the right side, so oh. maybe he's actually saying all ladies in World Trigger are, uh, if not leftists, a member of the General Democrats. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Fucking forgot Conserver Squad. <laughs> all right. Well, we get some. Um, we get some details about the teleporter trigger. Uh, apparently, um, the trying consumed and the cooldown time of it depend on the distance you teleport. Mm. I've very much forgotten most uses of teleport uh, in the series, aside from the the one what we've covered. So I'll be interested to see if there is a a particular fighter who very much relies on the tele teleporting quickly as their their sort of. Their ace, their their trick. That's true. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of B ranks do that. Yeah. The rejected. There's the rejected storyboard of this one again from chapter four, and it's interesting that he he lifts the visuals from a binned gin attack onto Captachi Kawa in these chapters. Hmm. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of gin early on. I guess he's yeah he's very much down downplaying his role compared to the initial uh, one shot, which is it's fair enough. He like he likes to have his characters do. To uh, delegate a lot with what his characters do more. Speaking of Jin, the extent of how far he can see into the future depends on how certain the future is. Um, it's um, it'll be interesting to read um, the rest of like his predictions with uh, while knowing that. So the Jump Festa welcome board, uh, man. Ashihara really wanted to push Kitora in the volume comments. He's clearly very much a fan of this character Aww. he's made, and uh, I guess it's a shame that the fandom in Japan or the readership never seemed to really share that fondness. It's criminal. She's a great character. I um I don't I don't know why uh why people at Jamfesta were disappointed by Kitora uh, welcoming them. Also, uh, Sawamura X Shinoda is an interesting pairing. Uh, yeah, I I guess there's quite an age difference, but yeah, I guess they're all, they're both adults, so. 
and she notices a tiger, Netsuki is a fox, uh, Kinuta's a, ta a tanuki, so what are Karasawa, Kido, Sawamura, and Rindo? Karasawa kind of seems like a crane, but then again, a crane d uh, doesn't seem to be an animal that uh, that would play rugby in college. Uh, Rindo is an armadillo. Armadillo, interesting. Uh, Sawamura, hmm, a cat? Uh, I guess. Kido would be a snake, I, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. Kido, Kido seems like some large reptile of some sort. Maybe Tsutsumi, using Suwa as a Pokemon summoned from the cube, can be the opponent to Shiori's Sentai Squad in the spin-off. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I would love that idea. I also love the subtitle that Armo gets in, in, uh, in the profiles. Amo, let's put an empty lot here. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like Netsuki must have Netsuki's PR department must have been doing the bulk of their work, like trying to make, frame Amo as like, oh no, don't worry, he's totally <laughs> safe, guys, to the citizens. That's true. Uh, that that about that's all of the comments corner stuff I have. Do you have any more? No, no. Uh, let's transition into spoiler corner. Okay, so I have a few things for this. Um, so I sort of hope that when Border finally confront Afto on their home turf and they're doing like the debate that they're like talking to one another, I kind of hope they lampshade how silly the bird metaphors are. <laughs> Just like, ah, I see the crows have come in to roost. Uh, whatever that. It, you really don't have to do that. We're just we're, we're human beings. Can you stop? <laughs> <laughs> so many eggs. We have so many eggs, guys. So. Uh, Fuyushima, the second rank captain, has uh, has been kind of shrouded in mystery, but uh, we know that he's been working with Kinuta and traps that uh, were used during the invasion. Uh, so uh, I wonder if now that Osama has become a trapper, if he's going to turn to him for advice bef uh, before the away mission tests. The idea that Tamakoma won our border's most powerful squad is notable. Uh... I'm not really sure. This might not be a spoiler thing, because uh, I don't really have any... I don't know. Why did I put this in spoiler corner? Anyway, I'll talk about it. Because <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't know. I've not really seen much to justify that. Like, I guess they, they, they're very good at teamwork compared to the other high-ranking squads with a lot of aces in them. I, I think I have... Um, okay, so, so at first in uh, in Volume 3, I, we saw that, uh, we saw that like, the, the Conserver squad was really afraid of them, like they didn't want to confront them ah. outright. And and then then again, we also learn later on that they have tech that they they have neighbor tech and are able to use it in battle. And and for this reason, they they are kind of also a rank, but not really. Um, they don't participate in uh, in the rank wars. And yeah, I can also see how having their own training room just in their little mini base off to the side instead of having to like work around the schedule of Border HQ could probably give them a bit of an edge. So, I don't remember if this has been clarified or not, if Ammo or Jin are going to be the sort of S-rank, again, Jin is, isn't technically S-rank anymore, but he's on that power level, which one has been confirmed for the away mission, if any? Uh, I think that might be an interesting point to put, it's, it's an interesting one, because Jin has more of a personal connection to the main characters, but... The away mission could also be like a great way to finally flesh out ammo a bit more. It, it really depends w whether they're like going to come back to Earth or not, or or if uh, like mm. um, after is is going to be the end point of the series. Uh, I have a few things. So uh, Ko is very protective of Kuruma, and to this day we haven't seen why Suzunari One is so loyal to its captain who is uh, kind of like Osama. He's uh, admittedly weak but kind of clever. Uh, so what we saw of his backstory with Arafune is nice, but it, it makes me think that there might be more to Susanari branch in store for future storylines. Yeah. So uh, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see where this is going. Yeah, I could see that. Also, I, I just don't know when when it would happen, given that we're not too far off from going into space. That about covers it, so uh, shall we get to the Q&As? Yes, let's do it. So, SharpAttack, uh, at FGC Sharp on Twitter, uh, says, uh, question one, best fight of the Afto invasion arc? What do you think? So, okay, I don't want to go too in-depth on this, because we are about to cover these in the upcoming episodes, but I think the one that sticks in my head as being the most fun from a technical standpoint is 
the fight, the group fight against Ranbanine. Yeah. I especially enjoyed the finisher on that one. Uh, did you enjoy the finisher in the anime where, where they just keep screaming? <laughs> <laughs> that was very silly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I think like the best handled in the anime would probably be uh, Yuma versus the uh, the old one that I forget the name of. Visa, I think. Yeah, Visa. Yeah. Visa. Yeah, that's his name. And I'm going to go with Anadora versus Kazama and Super Squads. Uh, it was a clever use of the training room, and uh, Anadora is an atypical fighter to uh, to World Trigger. We also get uh, the combination of Kikuchihara's and uh, Hisato's character arcs, uh, which I really liked. So yeah. Okay, and then the second question from uh, Sharp Attack is, biggest jobber of the arc? Um, so, I think... In a lot of shonen discourse, the idea of a jobber is a bit oversimplified. I think you need to explain uh, more what that means to me, because uh, I mostly know it from your friend, uh, Queen Jobber, <laughs> the best jobber, obviously. Yes. Shout out to Emily. But yeah, no, the... um. Shout out to Ems. So, yeah, the idea of a jobber, it comes from wrestling, and it essentially means a character who is beaten to make other characters look strong. And I feel like a lot of the time when people discuss it in a shonen anime, they're just like, oh man, he jobs so hard, what a, what a weakling. It, you know, characters that become kind of a running joke, like Renji from Bleach or Yamcha from Dragon Ball. No. Uh, I think, you know, there's a very good video on this by MathWiz uh, called The Search for the Ultimate Jobber that I recommend checking out. Where basically it's just like, it really depends how they're used in the story. Like, not everyone needs to be a strong fighter for the story to work. But... Now that that, that large that, that, that little rambler's out of the way, I guess I'd put Kitora in this, just because her jobbing is a pretty big deal for Osamu and Chika. Like, they're left alone, where the, like the one kind of a high-ranking figure that was taking that was taking care of them during this whole this whole battle is is, is gone now. Uh, that's a pretty big deal. So yeah, uh, Kitora serves that role really nicely, and uh, Suwa also do does that in this mm. volume. Yeah, I liked uh, both of those a lot, uh, given the role. Okay. Okay, so let's get to a question by Randall55. Yay! Okay, uh, which team-ups would you like to see? I'd like to see Izuho Natsume and Chika, Koen Osamu, Yuma and Kakayura. Okay, so in past episodes I'd already gone through how it would be kind of cool to have Osamu and... But, uh, Shinomiya team up. Ninomiya. Nina, fuck. Hisamu and Chef Ninomiya team up. <laughs> uh, but, um, I think to go through some other ones that I've thought of recently, uh, scrolls a bit. Uh, I think someone with a more advanced or technically complicated ability, like any of the aces in A and B squad, could pair really well with a more resourceful but simplistic fighter, such as the rookies in Kakizaki Squad, like Tomoe and Teruya. Hmm. Um, I think Katori and Ikoma would just be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> just compare this, like, absolute better-than-thou sort of uh, super superiority complex character with just this naturally really good goofball. <laughs> Oh my god, both Katori and Kitora are, are anagrams for, for each other, and, and they both have yeah. superiority complexes. Huh. Hmm, and then uh, I think if Afto and Border Droid forces, Shiori and Moira trying to uh, double, you know, team up, that pull together their operator efforts would also be really funny. Because <laughs> you've just got, like, the goofy dork who's, like, got all her catchphrases and stuff, and then you've just got, like, this stone-cold... <laughs> sort of clinical operator who just he just wants the bottom line. So speaking of Shiori, I want desperately to be uh, a team with Osamu, Shiori, Kodera, and Wakamura from from Katori Squad uh, to have the ultimate team glasses. Am I missing another character with glasses? Perhaps. Okay. Uh, I, th I think that there's like a... I am not exactly an encyclopedia on World Trigger characters. I need to like Wikipedia all of this whenever I answer these questions. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Jin also has glasses. Okay. There we go. Uh, and and I would like uh, I would like uh, team bullets with Ninamiya, Nasu, and Izumi. Uh, yes. Randall also asks. Sorry. Fave fave tree on soldier type. I like the rabbit. Okay. So, so obviously the only correct answer is the Trine soldier from the filler arc. Not gonna spoil, but. Uh... <laughs> We'll get to that, uh, eventually, <laughs> maybe. Uh, 
Uh, I feel like the rabbit is the very obvious one because it's got it's just got a lot of versatility to it, but. I'm gonna stick up for the rads. I like those little buggers. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with replica. Um, I, I I don't know if it's exactly a Trian soldier type. If the if there are a lot of those, uh, chaperone types of Trian soldiers. Uh, I just really like the character and uh, the ni- the dynamic overall. I don't know. Replica j- just endeared themselves to. There, yeah, there is easily the most going for replica from like he is the only one that is an actual character. Uh, although we can change that if I make my brand new AU the Rad AU, where everyone in Border gets transplanted into a Rad and has to continue functioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, uh, I I see what you're doing there. Although although you you could also just watch uh you could also just watch the Abridged series uh where where all the Trine soldiers have personalities. Hmm. And uh, you can you can pledge to. Patreon.com slash Wensleydale Cheddar to uh, make sure that more of that comes out. Yes, to help uh, help us revive it. It's it's a goal. Okay, uh, yeah. enough. Um, yeah, enough shilling. Uh, there'll there'll be plenty of time for that later. The other question that we got uh, is our first email. So Anna asks: Imagine the Conserver Squad as members of the YouTube Skeptic community and Tamakoma Branch as bread tubers. Who would each character be? Can you explain what the YouTube Skeptic community and bread tubers are? Okay, so the YouTube Skeptic community are very right leaning YouTubers who focus on attacking. The logical, the perceived logical loopholes in various left-wing feminist speakers, uh, movies with progressive or art with progressive uh, subtext to it. Also, they basically there to like make like very right-skewing rebuttals to things. And the bread tube community are very much the left wing of YouTube analytical content. Uh, I have. I know significantly more about the latter than the former, uh, so I've been. This has very much been a shot in the dark for me, but I'll do my best. Uh, so I guess we'll we'll each give our conserver squad skeptics list first, and then give our bread cube tamako ones. So okay, so I put Kazama as Ben Shapiro. Hmm, that that's a good choice. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, we might have had Ben. Sh- uh, we might have had Kazama's voice wrong. Can you do a Ben Shapiro voice? Let's say hypothetically, you wanted to win a match, you'd have to have better skills than what you've got, Kazama. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Perfect. K- Kido, I was like, I don't know. Hey, I don't know if Kido really counts or if we're counting the executives, but I put them on here anyway. Uh, and I've also. Oh yeah. K- yeah. Kido is Jordan Peterson. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's <laughs> yeah. Twinsies. Because, <laughs> yeah, he's like the spearhead of it all. Um, I put Izumi as the golden one because he's the blonde one. Oh, okay. Th- uh, that that makes sense. Fuyushima would also work uh, since he's pretty buff. Yeah. Uh, but, but, but also uh, his hairstyle and, uh, and the beard also make me think of the amazing atheist. So. Ah, see, I put Kinuta as the amazing atheist. Um... <laughs> So, uh, me being a bit rude, uh, but oh well. Knuto <laughs> uh, would maybe be um, Matt Forney. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, you, again, uh, you have a much more extensive knowledge of the uh, the skeptic community than I do. Uh, <laughs> I put Miwa as Paul Joseph Watson. It's like these leftists, and they're taking, they're trying to ruin art by putting neighbors in it. <laughs> um, oh my god, you, you made me imagine P- uh, Paul Joseph Watson in the role of Zuko. I want my honour restored! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I put Toma as Steven Crowder. Uh, the hairstyles like, uh, um, and general demeanour are kind of similar. And I, I, I put uh, Tachikawa as, okay, either Jontron or Sargon of Akkad. See, I put either Mauler or Thunderfoot. Yeah, I, I just went Thunderfoot because of the stubble. I, I don't really have much justification for Mauler. I just thought, I guess I should give him one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. uh, Kunichika, I, I put as uh, the operator for Tantikawa Squad, I, I put as Lauren Southern. Uh, and uh, I, I think I think that's it for me. Uh, I, could put, I put Netsuki as Davis Orini. Ooh, okay. Both kind of weaselly. Mm, yeah, that's good. And uh, Kikuchihara is ER, because he's literally the worst and the most dickish and just mocks everyone harshly. 
I don't. I don't even know who you ER. uh, is. Uh, hmm. Yeah, you may be better off not knowing who ER. Okay, but basic. Okay, I should probably clarify. So ER is uh, he's most known for I think for his Legend of Horror uh, series where he talks about the he talks about how much he's one of those many YouTubers uh. who made a big three hours of shitting on Legend of Korra video essays. Uh, and oh god, yeah, uh, yeah, he's not nice. <laughs> Okay, so for the Tomacoma bread tubers, I've put Konami as contrapoints. I don't know whether you agree. Yeah, I was I was torn whether to put Chiori or Konami as contrapoints. Uh, either works. I guess Konami is kind of fits in fits into like the dumb bitch energy <laughs> thing that <laughs> contrapoints sometimes plays towards. Oh, uh, she's totally she's totally a Libra. Uh, the other one gets to be Sarah Zed, I guess. Uh, does Lindsay Ellis count? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, 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 th I think, yeah, I think Lindsay Ellis would be Shiori, and uh, Sar Sarah Zed would be Chica. No, see, I put Chica as H-Bomber Girl, because Demolition, uh, oh, and, and uh, Defense that, that of Dark sense. Souls 2 video is much more meek and apologetic than the actual one. <laughs> <laughs> I like this game, and you're uh, bullying it! <laughs> uh... So, I couldn't decide if Jin or Rindo would be Philosophy Tube. Mm. Uh, uh, you see, I've put Ollie uh, as Scruffy Hottie. Fair enough, I never managed to find one for Scruffy, Hot Scruffy Hottie, so that would work. And uh, I've put I've put um, Sean as Composed Beefcake, because he's composed and apparently he's tall. Yep, same. Twinsies. <laughs> I put uh, Yuma is Jack Saint, because he's kind of like the their version of ER. He's, he's always... Um, Finding loopholes in what the uh, the, the alt writers are saying and making mocking and making fun of them in a very blunt way. Hmm, interesting. I, I've I've put I've put Yuma as Big Gel and Osama as Jack Saint. Ah, okay. <laughs> I I was a bit mean on both Osamu and the person I put as Osamu. Uh, have you heard of Quinton Reviews? No. Quint okay. So he's kind of he's a weird hanger on of the community in that he's never quite blown up, but he's got moderate success. And he has a bit of an inferiority complex with regards to how he's fitting in, so I feel a Aww. bit mean for saying that. <laughs> also, I'm not very much of a fan of Quentin Review's content, so it's like, okay, I, I do have my sympathies for him, and just like, he's he's struggling to make it work, but yeah. <laughs> Why do you hate on Osamu? <laughs> Uh, I don't, Osamu, I'm not a big fan of your videos. They're very meandering, sorry. <laughs> uh, I don't have a pick for Jin, though. Hmm, a and Rinto. Oh, uh, Rinto would be Dan Olsen. Dan Olsen, yeah, that works. And yeah, I, I think that, that covers everything that I've got. Maybe Ollie would be uh, Yotaro, but because of his ties to royalty. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, never mind. And also, and also, he sits on a he he rides a uh, a mammal. Yeah, that that's true. That's true. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Yotaro wants to fuck the queen, but uh, okay. Ever anyway. His age, I'd hope not. <laughs> All right, shall we round up? Yeah, let's do it. So, that is going to do it for the sixth episode of Duckface Diaries. You can listen to us on so many podcast hosting sites, on anchor.fm slash Cheddar, on youtube.com slash c slash Cheddar, on Spotify, iTunes, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Radio Public, Overcast, Pocketcast, PlayFM, Podbay, Castro, Listen Notes. I, I can't say those without taking a breath. If you want to find your preferred site, you can always go to anchor.fm slash Cheddar or youtube.com slash c slash Cheddar, since that's where all the links are. Remember that, uh, much like the neighbourhood, the YouTube algorithm is a dark abyss of sorrows and woes from which videos like these never resurface. And what helps us navigate is, is subscribing, liking, and sharing the podcast with a friend. There you get access to not only Duckface Diaries, but Manga Mosaic, a collection of podcasts and video essays on Jumpstart, Manga, and more including World Trigger. And uh, also, please follow our sister show, Hoven's Hideaway, hosted by yours truly, where we talk about a variety of media, mainly manga. I've got a new episode in the, in the edit right now. Uh, it'll be a bit of a race to see which one of us gets it finished first, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah... Uh, I, I stammered a bit in. Uh, I stammered a lot in your podcast. You stammered a bit in uh, in this podcast. So <laughs> I guess we're even. Uh, and yeah, we've also done some episodes on Kaiju Number Eight and Shonen Jump movie tie-ins recently. If you want to give those a look, see uh, Kaiju Number Eight. I very much approached as a should you read this kind of thing with the discussion. So. If you haven't read it yet, it should be pretty accessible to you. Both are really great podcasts. So go check them out. 
And if you'd like to help me upload these on a regular basis, consider supporting me on patreon.com slash WednesdayDaleCheddar. In return for your support, you get access to rewards such as uh, at the $1 tier, a shout-out and your name in the credits, and the $3 tier, requesting a short series to be covered on the Manga Mosaic podcast, at the $6 tier, a World Trigger Duck Face avatar, at the $12 tier, access to the show notes, and at the $25 tier, requesting a series to be covered on a long-form video essay. High-level contributors get access to manga threads for series uh, from the Shonen Jump Vault I'm reading for the very first time, including my Im- first impressions on the chapters and standout panels. Help me reach goals such as reviving World Trigger Abridged or more manga video essays. Now patrons can vote on the subject of the video essay uh, every time we hit a milestone, uh, which is a new thing. And just to give you a tease of what you can vote on, one of these is titled Samurai 8 The Jordan Peterson of Manga. <laughs> Brilliant. Send us emails, questions, comments, suggestions at wednesdaydale012 at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at Duckface Diaries or individual Twitters at Wednesday Cheddar and at Hoven with an H. A sincere thank you to Milo Jack Stillitz, who composed our new ending theme, an orchestral rendition of Girigiri, the first opening sequence for World Trigger. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash Milo Jack Stillitz. Usually we like the ending music to play along with the outro, but today you're getting a special treat, as we're going to play it in full at the end of the show. Uh, Next time we'll be covering Volume 7, which is chapters 53 to 61, uh, and that in the anime is the rest of episode 25 to episode 28. And once again, it's running over the content we cover a little, so, uh, in that last episode, so, adjust as you will. Yeah, thank you very much for listening, and this was the sixth episode of Duckface Diaries, and as always, it's time to bugger off! off.